Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 158 of Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. On the show today, I'm going to be chatting with Magic Dance, and I'm going to be taking a sip from some blue Powerade, mixed berry flavor. Let's see how this is. I guess... Anyway, how's everybody today? I hope you're all having a lovely day. We're also going to keep it 80s with Marco Merrick in a little bit. So we have a nice action-packed show for you, which is um, great. I'm going to say it's great. So how about this? Let's start the show off with some music and we will do the show. So here is a cool track from Pattern Shift... Off the Pattern Shift EP, this is The Physical Option.
And that was the physical option by Pattern Shift from the Pattern Shift EP. You can uh, check them out at uh, patternshift.bandcamp.com. Go, uh, yeah, they have lots of good stuff over there. <laughs> Does my voice sound different today? I'm recording in a different room. I'm not in my regular studio for the next few weeks, so if I sound slightly different, that's the reason. And of course, that track was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. The king of the Pattersons this week is Chris Williams. We're going to have to make him a special Beyond Synth crown because that's what happens when you are the king of the Pattersons. And then, of course, there is Pattern Shift, who we just listened to. So go check out Pattern Shift's music. I'm probably going to play a track uh, from Pattern Shift for the next few weeks, and there's lots of good stuff in there. So go check them out, like I said. And then, with the 4488, it is Mr. Jacob Wick. And then, my lovely uh, $25 Pattersons, there's Clint Dowling, Christian James, Mike Shima, Joey M. And Kendra, Gregorio Franco, and Chris Dance. I want to tell you why all these people are great, all right? First off, Chris Williams, man, he's the king of the cyber services, all right? I'm not even going to expand on that. You just got to know, Clint Dowling is a cool guy. I think he lives in Toronto. Maybe I'll go take him out for a beer. That's what I do with cool people. Christian James, let me tell you something about Christian James. I know nothing about Christian James. (laughs) I'm just assuming he's a cool guy because he donates to this show. Mike Shima, he's the fucking king of the hackers, man. He's like Pierce Brosnan in Lawnmower Man. Was Pierce Brosnan a hacker in that film? Joey and Kendra are a lovely couple. And exciting things are happening for them. Gregorio Franco, of course, makes awesome music, which you should go listen to. He's got lots of albums, so go to Gregorio Franco's Bandcamp and uh, listen to his music. And Chris Dance, man, this dude is making shit out of metal. He is a fabricator extraordinaire. And before I forget, uh, don't forget to check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube. Jared has been a great sponsor to Beyond Synth and... Retro Revolutions is his YouTube channel, and he uh, makes things with old video game consoles and does custom things to them, and it's fun. If you like that sort of thing, go check it out, and you should like that sort of thing, because it's cool. And you can also find him at Retro Faith Games on Twitter and Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. That's Retro Revolutions. And now... I'm trying something new. Hold on, I'm going to take another sip of this Powerade. Just to be clear, we're not sponsored by Powerade, and if we were, we definitely would not be sponsored by this flavor, because it is strange. Let's listen to another track, and we'll uh, keep this show going. So, here's one from Killstar. Killstar just put out an album. I think this is his first, like, full-length album. Is that correct? I feel like the other one was like a short EP. Sometimes I forget what EP is. Anyways, uh, this is Killstar. This is from the album Worlds Apart, and this track is called Emptiness.
And that was Emptiness by Killstar. Killstar has two R's in it. So you gotta say Killstar like a pirate. And that's from the album Worlds Apart. So you missed a trick there. You should have had two R's in worlds and two R's in apart. I'm very keen on pointing out when people miss tricks. And that's one of them. We could have had Killstar with the album Worlds Apart. I'm a buffoon. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. There's Frank Skinicky with the 1987. Hey, Frank, I went to A&W, and they have a vegetable burger there. It's called the Beyond Meat Burger, and I ate it. And, of course, uh, my lovely $15 Pattersons. There's Action Jackson. Go check out the music of Action Jackson. And then there's Ken Giroux and Hampus M.L. That is almost sounding like I said N.L., though. Hampus M.L. Hampus. Hampus. And, of course, with the 1111, it's the immortal Chris Lyalane. And with the 11, it's Sebastian Anti. Thanks, uh... Do-da. And in the $10 club, it's Fraser Davidson and new donor Emilio Astavez. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Emilio Astavez. And then new donor Andrew Benson. Hey, Andrew Benson, you're a cool guy. Here's the thing about Andrew Benson that you need to know. He's a cool guy. <laughs> And then there's C. Thomas Howell, Robert Wolf, C. Thomas Howell. Was that new as of last week? Anyway, C. Thomas Howell makes music. You should go check it out. And then there's Kemson Games, Lucas Ceballos, Justin Armour, The Patch Bay. Don't forget, you can check out The Patch Bay. Go to their website for um, patches and music-related stuff to help your music production. It's cool. And then there's Blake Peterson, Martin Larby, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, Trevor Resnick, Poly Digital, and Elias Garnier. And if you want to support Beyond Synth along with these lovely people, don't forget you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can just go to Patreon, nope, or you can go to... <laughs> or you can just go to beyondsynth.com, the lovely website that was produced by Mike Rezel. And anyway, beyondsynth.com, it's a good place to go. It's got the Synthwave Artist Database with over 500 entries of artists who make cool music. And uh, there's a donate button right on that site. Easy peasy, fucking squeezy. So how about we listen to another track and then we'll go chat with Marco. How about that? So what do I got in the playlist? We got a track from Audio Waves from the album Retro Fuzz. And this is All Is Lost, the Turbo Knight Remix.
And that was All Is Lost, the Turbo Night Remix by Audio Waves from the album Retro Fuzz. And remember, you can find all the information on the artists I play on the show by clicking the More Info button. If you're on SoundCloud, if you're on SoundCloud, or if you're on YouTube, remember when you you hit that button so you can see all the words underneath the video? And uh, I have all the links there to all the artists. So if you go, hey man, that's a cool song, you can uh, use those links to uh, find the artists. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon Pattersons in the $10 Club. There's Murat, Playmaker Media, Lee Keegan, Greg Smith, fucking slunks, Will Lowe, and Colin Bennett. And with the triple seven, it's the Rosconian and Skywolf. And with the 669, it's Hugh Jones. And now it's time for the donation of the Beast. This is the donation. These people love Bizly Bub. Is it Bizly Bub? <laughs> anyway, these people donate the triple six to be on synth because Bizly Bub told them to do it. There's Alexandro Samaras, Luke BTD, Ross Pentland, Moose Nux, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, Orlando, Rodriguez Knife, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm, Love Machines from Ix, and Renton Brax. And rounding it out, it's the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. And uh, yeah, let's go keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. Marco, And we're keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. How's it going, man? I'm doing pretty good, Andy. And yourself, mate? I'm okay. We are rearranging furniture today. Rearranging furniture? That sounds delightful. Hmm. It was a big job. Let me guess. That wasn't your idea? <laughs> well, it's, it was actually partly my idea. The way that our main room is shaped, uh, there's lots of these sort of uh, indents that we weren't using to the full effect. Mm-hmm. So we rearranged it. Uh, well, hopefully what it means is that it's going to be a lot easier for me to also film uh, the real Beyond Synth because... Whenever I film the show, since like half of the set is in my living room, I spend like three hours moving all the furniture out of the way and moving the cameras in and doing all this. That was the mission. So because I, when I was setting up the set for Beyond Synth, Mm. it takes me like three hours because I'm essentially like moving all the couches to different parts of the room and I'm moving all of these cabinets and all these things out of the way to make room for the cameras and to make room for the desk and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so this new way means I pretty much just bring the cameras in and slide a few tables just to the left and the right a little bit. And so hopefully that means it's going to make it easier in the future to film real Beyond Synth episodes. Cool. And that's it. Cool. I'm most fascinated by your mannequin. What's going on with that thing? I mean, uh, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> have you got a name for it yet? 
No, this mannequin has a function. So this is for building props on. Is it gender fluid or is it? Uh... Well, I guess technically. I mean, it has a bulge, <laughs> but like it's not an actual defined penis. So I mean, ah, it could be either. Yeah, it could be either or. Yeah, depending on what wig you put on it. Mm. I've been meaning to get a mannequin for a while because you know I, I was working on this show idea <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Now my robot show Circuit and Breaker, and I built a robot costume with a handmade mannequin, and that mannequin was made out of paper mache and cardboard and tape and stuff and then when I transported it back to my the house I grew up in my dad's house I put it in the basement for storage but I guess the atmosphere is just more damp than my house is Mm -hmm. and within like a week the whole thing just fucking got all moldy and it like fucked up the costume and then unfortunately since I'm not like an expert uh, cosplay builder I built the costume in a specific way that when it's not being held in place by the mannequin, mm-hmm. um, it just completely like imploded in on itself and I can't fix it properly because I've been watching lots of videos of people, uh, cosplayers building armor and robot suits and stuff. And, you know, it comes apart to like nine different pieces. You know, there's like the, the upper chest plate, then there's the bottom, then there's like pauldrons for the shoulders and upper arm and all this stuff. And I built this sort of costume where all that stuff was attached. But unfortunately, without a mannequin, it all sort of like it, it lost its shape and all fucking crumpled and I couldn't fix it without having a mannequin to fix it on. So this is a stupid story. What's, uh, <laughs> what, what have you been doing, man? Well, much. I've been cutting down trees and shit. I've been doing uh, living a lumberjack country life lately. Uh, I'm pretty sore today, so I had a pretty quiet day. Well, I went to the gym in the morning, but other than that, I've been fucking lazy as, uh, lazy as fuck, to be honest. And I've just been eating a lot of food and I'm kind of feeling a bit sick at the moment. I'm pretty chockers, Andy. Pretty chockers, mate. <laughs> chockers. <laughs> <laughs> That's full, by the way, if you didn't know. Really full. That's what chockers means. Why? I don't know. Like uh, chock full. Oh, like that's chockers. right. Yeah, yeah, chock full. Got it. Got it. Yeah, chockers. I still don't get. <laughs> I don't get what chock full is. I don't either. I've had this conversation with a few friends, and uh, I really have no idea where the fuck it came from. But everybody says it in Australia. It's very uh, common lingo. I've I made the mistake of uh, they were checking out a restaurant, and I was asking the person, oh, "Do you have room for us? You look pretty chockers." And she looked at me. She goes, "What?" I go, "You look pretty. Ch- uh, you look pretty full." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "You, you fucking racist." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Woody, are you cutting down trees with an axe or a chainsaw? I've got this really cool tool. It's like, because the problem is the branches are really high and I don't want to climb too high to get hurt, you know, hurt myself, mm. all that. I don't have the proper equipment, scaffolding, uh, cherry picker, if that's what you guys call it here. But I got this extendable saw. It's like, it was like $68 or something and it's the best fucking thing I've ever bought, man. This thing's incredible. The blade's so sharp and I can fully extend it like, I don't know, like about eight, nine meters long. And it cuts really well. Plus, it's a dual action on the other side of it. It's got like this thing and, and a rope on it, so you can pull on it, and it just it's got this really good slicer, and it just slices straight through smaller branches. So, oh, so are you just trimming things? Like you're not actually like cutting trees down? No, not not whole trees, but this is a massive walnut tree. This thing is fucking huge. So I'm I'm cutting off massive branch. I mean, these things are thick, real thick, you know. So um, technically, I'm just cutting branches, but uh, yeah, I'll have to send you some photos, Andy. It's uh, pretty hardcore stuff. Yeah, I wanted to uh, get a device similar to that uh, at my dad's place. He's got some trees in the front that I wanted to start shaping into hedges, uh-huh. and it's just too high, and his ground is like, I'm just not comfortable even climbing up a ladder, like, on the grass. Like, I just don't think they... It doesn't, it's not sturdy enough for me to, like, feel comfortable, like, walking up and then leaning over with hedge trimmers or whatever, and so I was looking up those online, like, basically what you just described, except yeah. yours is, like, but it's a chainsaw on the end. 
Well, no, it's not electric. It's just... I'll send you the fucking link. Uh, hang on. Let me just... Uh, <laughs> oh, like it's a thing where you're pulling the cord and it's just like a big pair of scissors, but it's like that? On one side, but then there's a saw, uh, a saw on the other side, though. So extendable saw. Uh, hang on. Let me, sh- let me show you. So... <laughs> Yeah, I see what the ones I see are mostly ele- ah. Here's the one, the exact same, the exact one I got from Lowe's. I bought it from Lowe's. Mm. Here it is. Can't have a look at this. What? Thirty nine dollars? No, that's not what I paid. I think I got ripped off, Andy. No, but this is a smaller one. I got the bigger one. But uh, I'll send you the link here, Andy. Have a look. But uh, this thing is fucking amazing, man. I got the bigger one, so it's longer, it's sturdier, and it's able to cut thicker. Um. Anyway, there you go, man. Have a look at that shit. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what my show is anymore. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning the country life, Andy. Yeah. And uh, they don't seem to have the one that I bought. Ah, oh, here it is. The $69 one. Here, here. This is the one. Okay. All right, Andy. <laughs> check this shit out. I'm telling you, if you ever need to cut any shit down, this is this is what you need, man. And it, it extends really far. It's a good shoulder workout, too. If you're looking to train your shoulders, buddy, it'll uh, hit all those areas, you know, hard to reach. <laughs> <laughs> Jazzy's been freaking out. I mean, climbing the tree, like, he's like, eh, do this, do that. I'm like, just fucking relax. It's got to be done. And I kind of hurt my foot a little bit, but it's all right. It's all good. I'm um, I'm safe. Well, well, I want you to stay safe, Marco. It's important to me. I know. Uh-huh. You want to play me a song? Saw Man? You're not even looking at my link. <laughs> all right, sorry. Yes, yes, I've got plenty of good songs this week, Andy. I've got a new one from Nexus 6. I have no idea who they are, but... Uh, Luigi Donatello sent me the link and said you got to check this out and uh, it's really good the song's called Together alright man this is Together by Nexus 6 
And that was Nexus 6 with the song Together, Marco's first pick of the week. And we're just uh, hanging around, talking about cutting down trees. No, I, I know, but did you have a look? Have a quick look at it so you know exactly what I'm talking about. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I just want you to see. All right, I'm clicking the link here. Fucking... See, it's like a dual action. One side's a blade, and on the other side, it's got like a hook with a rope, and, and it's got like a little, a really, really sharp blade. And if you pull on it, it'll actually snap through straight through uh, smaller branches up to about an inch thick. Yep, it looks great. Professional tree pruner with a 1.25 inch cutting capacity. That's the one. Attachable 13 inch razor tooth pruning saw blade. Cuts twice as fast as a conventional blade. <laughs> you should do adverts actually for Corona 16 foot fiberglass pass through pole pruner. If you need it, get it at Lowe's. <laughs> Dude, this thing is a genius, really. I think we saved ourselves a lot of money instead of getting uh, tree loppers to come in. So it was touching the house and everything, so we had to clean it up but uh <laughs> what are we talking about what, what else have you been doing <laughs> i've been playing a lot of retro games um i only just got my computer back finally it got shipped over from australia it took ages uh by freight finally got it back but i um i haven't set it up yet i have to get buy a new monitor and all this other shit but um i've been playing a lot of retro games like contra 3 just a lot of arcade games alex kid miracle world all sorts of stuff i uh, just finished moonwalker last night michael jackson's moonwalker that's a classic game i've never played through that whole game i've only ever played the first level fuck it gets hard at the end i actually had to start using a save state which i don't like cheating but i was like fuck this i'm, I'm not playing through this again just to die again on the last level so you know my policy man i have no there's no shame in save states some of those old games, you go home and you play the same game for like, you know, 10 hours straight and memorize everything. I just don't, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I have no problem with fucking save states, man. Take some real patience back in those days to play games. I mean, I, for years I thought, you know, my parents were like, they thought I had uh, temper problems and shit. Hmm. Just to break you know, controllers and all sorts of stuff. But then as I got older, I realized, nah, it's just those games are so frustrating because it's not like the games now. You know, you can save it and you can start again or, you know, I mean, mm. you die at certain parts, but you can just start just previously. But those games, you had to start all the way from the start again. It was like, man, that was frustrating. And they were really difficult. Especially when people bring up Mega Man. Yeah. And it's <sighs> like, oh, you like, you like Mega Man, don't you? I'm like, I actually don't. Like, <laughs> yes, I like the music of Mega Man. And so if we're going to have a conversation about Mega Man music, yes. But as far as the games go, they just drove me nuts. Like, I fucking hated them, man. And me I too. hated how every time, and if an enemy shot you and you bounced back into the previous screen, then you'd walk forward again and all the enemies would be back again. Like, I just fucking <laughs> hated that. It just pissed me off. I wonder if there's a way, I know we talked about this when you were in Australia, but now that you're here, yeah. if there's a way that we can connect online to play because I'm I, I want to bring back my uh, mm. my arcade controller but then I want I want you to have one too <laughs> you want me to have one too I would need something I can go shopping and get some perhaps um, I don't want to promote a stupid company but yeah. the one I bought is pretty good what's it called I'll bookmark it what's it called it's called the X arcade stick X arcade stick okay I'm looking it up it's really well made. There's a version that has a trackball that's more money. I got the one that just has Jesus. just the two joysticks. But don't buy it until, I think, twice a year they have a sale where it goes down to $90, or like 98 I think. Jewel. I ended up paying a lot because it was 98 American. Then I had to pay 50 for mm. shipping. 
And then, Fuck. and this is all US dollars, so that it ended up being like 200 bucks. And then I had to pay an additional thing. FedEx sent me a letter. What? Four months later saying that there's like some what? duty fee where they added, like they, there's an additional like $34 I had to pay what? to FedEx. Yeah, man. What is going on in Canada, man? I've heard some horror stories with the fucking customs and with shipping over there, man. That's crazy. I don't Four know. Four months later. Yeah, it's really annoying. You just get these fucking letters from FedEx that are like, and it happened, it's happened to me twice, once on a gift, which was so annoying because someone was nice and sent me a thing. Oh. And I was like, yeah, you can send me a thing. And then it came through FedEx. And then <laughs> months later, it's like I had to pay 14 bucks for it. And I'm like, what? And then, yeah, and then it was 34 on the arcade stick, I think, or 38 oh. or something. For those crutchless panties that you got. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy because they were so heavy. Right, so the duty was more. <laughs> um, well, there's cheap ones at Walmart I could probably get for like thirty-two dollars because the one you're talking about, I can see it. It's one hundred and fifty bucks plus shipping. Fucking hell! But it's nice. It's nice though. Like it's sturdy. It's, but it's nice. It's sturdy. The buttons have a nice click to them. It's it feels weighty. Mm. What I'll probably end up doing with it at some point is as a fun project for the future. Like I think I might build an arcade cabinet at some point. Mm, cool. Just for fun. Like I don't care. And because honestly, like you can get. I mean, there's people like throwing out their fucking LCD screens like on garbage day. Like they're so cheap, and obviously they don't need to be high resolution to play arcade games. So really, you just have to build the frame, and then I'll just use my X arcade stick. Like I'll literally just the frame will just have like a little thing to just set the X arcade stick. On. Right. The only thing is, the controllers are kind of close together. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yep. Yeah, but do I need two? What do I need two for anyway? I mean, I know if I'm playing with somebody in the same room, but it's likely we're just going to be playing each other from different countries, right? I yeah. Mean, well, you do, you don't need to. I'm just saying that this is a well built controller. Is my point? Yeah, yeah, it does look really good. I've always wanted a really good one, Andy. Always, my whole life, to be honest. Well, I if I do get something, you will play Mortal Kombat two with us. We got to we got to like stream it or something, and people can see who's who's the best once and for all. Yeah, or at least just to practice. Like that's why I wish you had the same controller because then if we practice, then like in a year's time. If you come visit, we've actually like, yeah, I you know, see. we're all we're all set to go with the same. So there's no dumb mm. thing where we get together, but then you've been playing with a controller and I've been practicing on this one. I like the- having excuses though up my sleeve just in <laughs> case. <laughs> it's always good to have that just to fall back on. Just That's true. Case. Do you want to do you want to play me another song? Yeah, sure, buddy. There's actually a really good EP that came out a few weeks ago from Street Cleaner. I don't know if you've played anything off it yet. It's called Hardware, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna play the. Top Title track from it. Cool, man. Well, let's listen to this. This is Street Cleaner with the track hardware. We'll be right back. 
was Street Cleaner with the track Hardware, Marco's second pick of the week. I'm actually going to have Street Cleaner on the show, oh. but it won't be for a while, probably not another month or so. But uh, Sweet. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's a, he's a really awesome guy. Yeah, I look forward to chatting with him. <laughs> have you been playing anything lately, Andy? It sounds like you've been fucking busy. I've been playing a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings Shadow of War on the PlayStation, so I put my time in there, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like an action game, and you're like fighting and killing orcs and stuff, and then you can sort of like hypnotize them, and they, they join your team which was like what the first one was all about and this one it goes like a step further so now you like hypnotize the captains of the orcs and then you control their armies and then you have to control a whole bunch of captains to like lay siege to a castle mm-hmm. and then you have to take over the castle and there's a, several different castles in the game and so like once you beat the story mode of the game then there's like this follow up section where you just have to protect the castle from waves of attacks like to all the castles that you're holding mm-hmm. and the, the bad guys get hard and that's the part I'm at now and that sounds really cool it's actually a really good game to be honest I've mm. lost interest now like now that the story's done it's yeah. basically just like now Minas Tirith is under siege okay <laughs> and then you defend waves and it's pretty much the same every time like just with different bad guys and then you defend it and then it's like now go over here and defend this one like okay and it's it seems really like it's not very organic anymore it's more just wave four complete it's like that so it's fine <laughs> the fighting and it's really cool honestly the most satisfying part of these the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War is just the combat because they basically borrowed the Batman Arkham City and Arkham Asylum uh, uh, fighting style. You fight swarms of dudes that surround you. Triangle, will you'll see the triangle button and then you can block incoming attacks and so you can just sit there in the middle of just people like attacking you and you're like blocking and, and since it's a mature rated game, 
like the the fighting is really satisfying because you'll do these cool. slow motion flips where you like slice the orc's head off or like fucking you know slice their arms off and whatever and it's like so it's really satisfying the combat and uh, yeah so I, I I dig them I mean I still waited till it was on sale but let's be the been heaps of good um, Lord of the Rings games I, I really get into the games speaking of uh, yeah. on the emulator just yesterday my daughter wasn't going to sleep so I'm sitting in the room and I, and the retro pie is still in there so I booted it up. And I played uh, this. There was a Lord of the Rings game for uh, for Super Nintendo. No, it went that far back, to be honest. Yeah, and it's interesting seeing Lord of the Rings things that predate the movies because mm. the movies are actually pretty accurate to the story, and so it's fun to see like the same lines of dialogue and stuff, but it was made earlier, and so. And it seems okay. It's kind of Zelda-y a bit. And the music was good. It was traditional, like, fantasy-style hmm. music, but I but I really liked it. Like, I, I didn't make it far. Like, I literally just... <laughs> I walked around Hobbiton, and then the second I left, a bunch of wolves attacked me, and I died. And I was like, okay, well, fuck this game. But, I mean, up till that point, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was... So I don't know if it's a good game or not. I was going to actually look for reviews and just see if, if it's actually, like, a good game. And if it is, I might I might actually sit down and play it, because it seemed, it seemed all right. I might have to check that one out. I didn't even know uh, there was a Lord of the Rings game on Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's a little... I mean, the combat's a little weird. It's kind of slow. It's hard to explain. Like, you know, some games just feel really responsive. This one is sort of like you hit the attack button and you sort of swing your arm really slowly, like the animation is slow. And, oh, and it's like... So I don't know if it's necessarily a game that where combat is the focus. Mm-hmm. It might just be more of like a role-playing. But definitely, if combat is the focus, then it might be a really shitty game to play. Because... It's almost like when an enemy's running at you, you have to swing your sword sort of before they're there. Like, that's the way the timing would work, mm-hmm. which I'm not a big fan of. Are you a big fan of me and way? <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have a choice but to see it these days. <laughs> I do. No, whenever, you know, in your uh, in your brazen Australian videos, whenever it just cuts back to you in your underwear, like, it always is satisfying. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know where I came up with it. I guess I'm sticking with it now. But if you go, <laughs> I just love subjecting people to my. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I get a kick out of it. Obviously, yeah. No, it makes me laugh. Yeah, you can't take stuff too seriously. You know, I do. There's lots of things I wouldn't film myself doing. When, when people will do that, put yourself out there like that, it is really satisfying. I think maybe that's why I find it satisfying because I would never feel comfortable. You should see all the shit I do before I film episodes of the show. Really? Like, I know when people, like, say nice things to me, like, I don't even know if I should really accept the compliment because it's like, dude, like, I'm wearing, like, makeup and, like, <laughs> did my hair and I'm, like, <laughs> posing in such a way that, you know, like, that, you know... That if you actually saw, like, with all the stuff removed, it's like, oh, man. Like, I was looking at my footage of myself without it, and I have, like, fucking, like, crazy bags under my eyes. Like, I just look really tired. I look like, uh, <laughs> you know that scene in Batman and Tim Burton's Batman where they the newscasters can't wear makeup because they don't know what's going to turn them into jokers? Like the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I look like <laughs> until, until I go and fucking hit hair and makeup. Well, I was going to draw a six-pack on my stomach, but I don't know anybody <laughs> Don't think anybody would have bought it, so... Oh, well, no, we'll you do. should. That's amazing. That's a funny idea. <laughs> you want to you play me another song? Yeah, I've got another good one here. I've uh, got some more dark synth for you. Mm. Uh, Electric Dragon just released an awesome track, uh, and I really want to play it. I hope you guys like it as much as I do. It's called The Twilight Worship. All right, man. This is The Twilight Worship by Electric Dragon.
Station. That's the worship of devils. While the whole world goes to hell.
And that was Electric Dragon with the track The Twilight Worship, Marco's third pick of the week. Yeah, Electric Dragon's cool, man. He's another guy I gotta have on the show. You, you should, you should. He's a really uh, funny, interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. I had him on the show once, but it was a disaster. I think we recorded the interview twice and it fucked up. I think the third time we got it right. Oh, man, it was a nightmare. But uh, but we finally got it right and uh, yeah, it was a good interview, yeah, in the end. Yeah, I've, re- I've reached out to chat with him and he said, like, we are gonna we were gonna actually do it this weekend, but then I got busy filming some stuff, but he um, he keeps telling me he's gonna have to be wasted for the... <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I thought he was having a fair bit of drink when I uh, spoke to him, but it was good. I mean, he wasn't, like, like smashed and, like, slurring or anything. I mean, he, he was fine, but, uh, yeah. So what's uh, so what's on tap, man? We can probably we'll fucking wind this down, because I got a well, full... Um, we're gonna get married probably next week, so it's kind of a bit rushed, but I'm uh, very excited about that. A bit of stress and a bit of excitement. Cool. Um, be very busy. So, next time I speak to you, I'll probably be married. That's so that's that going on. Well, congratulations. Are you going to do that in your underwear? Yeah, I know. I was already... <laughs> I mentioned it to Jazzy. I don't think she was too, yeah. <laughs> Because we're trying to figure out what to wear for it. I was like, you know, I could always do it in my underwear, you know. And she just gave me a look. <laughs> Shook her head, I think. Something like that, anyway. Are you guys doing just the, the town hall thing? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. We were going to do something cool, but fuck, man. The prices that people charge for shit, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, you're getting married? Well, let's jack up our prices. It's yeah, like, yeah. fucking hell. It's just like you want to go get a sandwich, and then it's fine. It's like, oh, is this a wedding sandwich? Oh, well, there's $35. Uh, if it's a wedding sandwich, you know, you'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, well, my wife and I did, like, we did the town hall wedding, and then we had, like, a wedding party, mm-hmm. like, several months later, which is why I never remember our anniversary. Well, I mean, also because I'm a guy. I'm a <laughs> traditional man who doesn't remember important dates. Such a man. Yeah, but... Uh, Right, because there's like 10 different anniversaries. Like, there's the anniversary of the proposal. Then there's the anniversary of the oh, actual Jesus. wedding. Then there's the anniversary of the wedding party, uh, which is, well, I guess that's three. And I, I remember none of them. Oh, <laughs> I know God. one was in August. <laughs> I know one was in May. Oh. And I know... Wait, hold on. Jeez, you've forgotten. <laughs> okay, hold on. So, I, I, think the, I think the town hall one was in May. May 9th? No. <laughs> She's not listening. Anyways, the the point is I'm a great husband. Yes. And the... <laughs> yeah, seems like it. Good stuff. But it was good. So we... And then we had a party and it was fun and silly and I had my friend be the the guy who says things. What? The MC? No, the, the fucking, like, he did like a fake priest thing. What's the fucking guy who does the talking at the front? The celibant. The what? The celibant? The celibant? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a wedding, but what do you... I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? The guy. The, the fucking guy, like the guy who the says, guy. "Like, do you take you take you fucking man and wife?" Yeah, the celibate. The celibate. I think that's what they call. Isn't them? that what yeah. they call people who don't have sex? Man, maybe. I think those people are celibate. Not celebrant. <laughs> 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 That's pretty close, man. Are you? Have you been celibate? <laughs> oh Jesus! Celibate Christ. is just sex, right? Celibate, but I said celibate, so celebrant. Right, but like you're not celibate if you just like if you beat off. Are you still celibate? Well, Urban Dictionary says celibate is used to describe a state of no sex. Right. So technically, that's what I said. Celibate. Right, so but but beating off is still considered like you're still celibate if you beat off. Of course, I think it means celibate. I think that means with, with <laughs> of other. Of course, <laughs> of course, everybody's allowed to beat off. Everybody jerks off. Come on, man. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just curious if that was. Don't judge me, Andy. If that was under, um, <laughs> if that was under the umbrella of of celibacy. 
Is that if you're still allowed I to beat off? That's my question. That's a good question, actually. I am not an expert on that. <laughs> yeah, so the, what were we saying? The celebrant. Yeah, you I don't, I don't know that was word, a, celebrant. Well, look, I'll send you the link. It's a celebrant. I thought it was Jesus. called the efficient. Efficient. Like the efficient. I'll, I'll look that up. Efficient. No, I've never heard that word, efficient. I've never heard celebrant. A person, typically a priest or minister who performs a religious ceremony. But they have to be a priest or a minister, though. Mm. Well, typically, celebrant. Let me have a look. A person who performs a rite, especially a priest at the use. Mm. A person who celebrates something. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe technically you're probably more right. But then again, I guess it's probably someone who's more religious. But I think we're both correct, Andy. There you go. I'm surprised none of us have heard the other one, though, which is weird, right? Yeah. Well, I guess we have now. We're learning. That's the whole point. You and I learn every day. Bottom line is we're all having a good time. Yeah. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, man, look, it was fun to talk to you. You too. And uh, have fun getting married. I'll say congratulations once you're married. You still don't have your passport, do you? Because we're thinking about going up to Niagara Falls for a honeymoon, but then that'd be really close to you. Yeah. But I, I can't cross the border because they won't let me out of the country. I'm like I'm like a prisoner in America now. <laughs> Is there a line on the ground? I mean, That's can what we I was stand thinking. On ups- can we shake hands? Yeah, like, it'd be, it'd be hilarious if, if it was that simple. Like, just... <laughs> It's like it's just like this little tiny fence, like at a public school, like playground or whatever, and just like <laughs> we should record it. That'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> or maybe we can set something up. It might even be funnier if, like, it's just across a bridge. Yes. So, like, if we were both there, like, we're just far enough away where we can see each other and wave, but like, yeah, not cross. <laughs> We're gonna do something. I gotta record this for uh, that would be hilarious. Australian. That would be funny. Anyway, um, um, all, all right. right. Well, uh, listen. You have a great week and uh, have fun getting you married. Too. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, everybody, keep it real and keep it eighties. And that was Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick. And that was brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Tim Brawl. Technically, he's the king of the $5 Pattersons because he gives the 520. And then there's Darman Gisezeling. Andrew Scott Herndon. That looks new. Well, that's like new as of right now. Thanks, Andrew Scott Herndon. You're a cool guy. Am I saying that correctly? Herndon? Is there like a silent D? Is it Hernan? Herndon? Andrew Scott Herndon. That reminds me of that episode I did with Time Cop. Hondenul. Was that it? <laughs> you can go back to that episode and find out what that means. If I'm saying it correctly, I think that was dog's dick in Dutch. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for your support. <laughs> and then there's Talis, Josh Riley, Mads Baron Christensen. Sarah Buchelman, Kyle Droll, Pipdig, Erasmus, Deep, Mikey C, David Andrews, The Englishman in Texas, Tomasz Szymanek, Andrew Chukas, Rachel Buchelman, Sergio Matai, Binkley, and Sven Bomanis. And uh, how about this? How about we listen to one more song, and then we will go to my conversation with Magic Dance. So, what do we got? How about this cool track from Seb Doom off the album Nightwave? So as you know, I'm going to be doing a chiptune-themed episode, maybe even next week. And I was looking around for chiptune artists, and I found this guy called Seb Doom. And I think he had some chiptune stuff, but uh, he also just had an album of just, like, synthwave. And so we're going to listen to uh, that track now because it's cool. Not that track. He's got a whole EP called Nightwave. What am I doing? Anyways, here's a cool track. This is Reaching the Stars by Seb Doom. Boom.
right, and that was Seb Doom with the track Reaching the Stars from the album Nightwave. And that is a cool track, and that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $5 Club, Christopher Albert, Daniel Dexius, Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, Damian Rudy's Lee McConnell, Zyko Rax, Marco Crane and Donk, Corey Valentine, Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, Barons of Santa Carla, Tristan Waits, Dana Jean Phoenix, Stu M, Night Raptor, I gotta read these really fast, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Bobby B, Roman, Joe Ozone, Gus Velasek, and Kai. That is a mouthful. Thank you very much for donating to the show. And if you want to join them, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click the donate button. And don't forget to check out the Synthwave Artist Database because it is a great resource. There's like over 500 entries there. So if you dig Synthwave and Electronic Tunes, there is a lot of info there and lots of links, all the artist links, and and uh, it's a cool website. And actually, don't forget to check out MikeRezel.com because he's the guy who designed it. M-I-K-E-R-E-Z-L.com. And he's a cool guy and he designed the website and he did a great job. And he also, he does it. He designs websites for people. So you should check out Mike Rezel, M-I-K-E-R-E-Z-L.com. If you want to get a website built because he uh, he's good, man. He he builds in tools, you know, so you can edit your site afterwards and he provides hosting. It's it's good stuff. Anyways, let's go chat with Magic Dance. <laughs> All right, well, I'm here with Magic Dance. How's it going, man? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. So are you John? Yeah, I'm John. Last name is Shaka. If anyone saw the spelling on whatever site or anything and is curious... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I was going to ask, because I was looking at it going like, Stjidzka? <laughs> it's Polish, but I'm like 25% Polish, so I don't even actually speak Polish. My grandmother didn't really speak it, so... What is the Polish language? Is it literally Polish, or is it something else? I think it's literally... Po- I think it's their own unique language. I don't think it's... I don't think it's based on anything else. I don't know. But I have no clue, because I didn't know any Polish. I didn't learn any Polish. <laughs> Do you know, like, a single thing? I think it's like, Yashi Mash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that means how are you? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably terrible. I'll use that next time I go to Poland. Yeah, Yashi Mosh. <laughs> Be like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> hey, I tried Polish and then I'll just leave. I tried. So what's uh, what's going on, man? What's going on in your life? You just moved. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm actually in my new apartment right now, surrounded by all the IKEA furniture I put together. Nice. Except this chair that is sitting in pieces on my carpet, just kind of like mocking me. <laughs> Wait, have you uh, have you tried to install it yet, or are you just bored? I've just been too lazy. I I, I had like IKEA overload or something. Mm-hmm. Put together one, two, three, four, five pieces. I just went to IKEA to get everything, just because it was easy and I'm lazy. Yeah. I probably could have went on uh, Craigslist or something and just got something and but then you got to haul it and you know put it in your car and sometimes it doesn't fit i'll just buy something from ikea i buy, I buy everything from ikea and just put it together there, yeah like i had an ikea phase 
I always found like because like obviously you go to Ikea because you're on a budget yeah because it comes in square plates that you can sort of screw together but, exactly. but I always found that the stuff was kind of wobbly like everything I ever bought at Ikea like if it was <laughs> like a, a cupboard or something it was never like sturdy like it was always sort of like if I pushed the one side it kind of became like sort of a parallelogram like even if it was <laughs> parallelogram even if it was uh, like a dresser or whatever they'd still I had like a TV stand and right. it was like strong enough to hold the TV and all the stuff but like if you leaned on it it would sort of shift around and I was like did I do this wrong or is that just Ikea like is that their deal did you follow directions Andy <laughs> yeah I looked at the pictures <laughs> the booklet they give you yeah <laughs> no I, I, to- I totally agree with you like obviously the wood is I don't even know what it is. It's a piece of shit. Like, unless it's all that particle board stuff where it's like... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Particle board. I have not had a wobbly experience yet, but I feel like something's going to break at some point. Well, I bought cheap stuff. Like, that's... I mean, there's no getting around it. Like, we went there and, and basically yeah. my eye wasn't on what pieces look nice. Yeah. It was... <laughs> So, like, we get, like, a bed frame for, like, 20 bucks or whatever and, like, just sort of kept on <laughs> going up well, until we could finally find the thing that we could afford. And It's definitely cheaper than going to an actual furniture store. It's amazing how expensive... It's crazy! Like, obviously, I don't buy furniture very often. Right. And, you know, if you grow up in, like, a house, you just... just there, I know there's just certain assumptions. Like, yeah, like, you know, there's <laughs> there's dressers and beds and cupboards everywhere. And then when you finally go, like shopping for furniture yourself it's like what the fuck like yeah, bed frames are like a few grand and stuff I'm like what? that's the one thing though thing about beds and i've said this many times in my life <laughs> this is not like a useful piece of advice but if you're going to invest a lot of money in something i don't think there's any way you can really go wrong with buying a really expensive bed you're talking about the mattress itself yeah the mattress and the frame whatever like right, the right. thing is you spend a lot of time on your bed yeah. And no one's going to steal it. <laughs> if you go right now and you buy like a $4,000 television. Right. Well, if people break into your house, that's like the first thing that's going, right? But if you buy a $4,000 bed, like no one's ever going to steal that bed. Exactly. People don't steal beds. They don't know. Even if it's, I mean, I personally, I'll tell the world, I don't care. I bought a $1,000 mattress. <laughs> It was a uh, quote-unquote organic mattress. I don't know what compelled me exactly, but it's super comfortable, and you're totally right. Like, you're sleeping on that every night. Mm-hmm. You want to be comfortable. You don't want to cheap out. If there's one thing in the, your, whatever, living space that you don't want to cheap out on, it's the mattress. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping on that. It's It's got to be comfortable. Like, I'll go to Ikea for the furniture. I don't care. Like, maybe it'll last three years, five years, whatever, until something cracks. But the mattress, I mean... It's got to be comfortable. You got to sleep at night. No, dude, it's it's so true. And I, for me, my back always gets fucked up all the time because I'm always like sleeping the wrong way and I never stretch. Oh, you too? Yeah, like I don't really <laughs> stretch. Like I've only recently started going like, hey, maybe I'm going to like do push-ups or something and be like a bit more <laughs> physically involved. Do some push-ups. Yeah, like because I don't, like I don't do anything. And at least once a month, I'll just sleep the wrong way on like a couch or whatever and then my neck gets fucking kinked where it's like I can't turn my head properly for like a week and it just sort of slowly until it it, it's never um, satisfying it's like my neck will be stiff and I'll be like fuck me and then (laughs) and then it takes like a week and a half to go away and so it goes away so gradually that by the time I can move my head normally again I don't appreciate it Because it's not like, oh, my neck's better now. It's like it, it happens so slowly that... Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I'm a tosser and turner myself. Like, I have a I have trouble, like, falling asleep, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, it takes me, like, a good hour to actually fall asleep. And I'm always turning. And I found out 
like a couple of months ago, I have a herniated disc. I have no idea how I did it. Like you, I'm not active. Like that's the, I, I think that's the reason because I'm not a very active guy. Yeah. I'm trying to be more active now. Me too. I fucked up my back a few times since I don't stretch and I'm not physical. Like all you have to do is just bend the wrong way doing something stupid and it's never cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember the first time I did it? I was in high school and I was working at this fry shack and I just <laughs> leaned over and I picked up a case of pop and I just bent the wrong way. Right. Like it's not heavy. Picking up a case of pop is not a heavy thing, but it's just I kind of did it on sort of a weird angle, and then that was it. And my fucking back was fucked for like a week. And it's like, and I got no. I don't have a cool story. It can't be like, hey man, I fell down the stairs, or someone fucking you know threw a barbell at my spine or something. Like it's anyway. I, I totally agree. My company had a uh, barbecue yesterday, and there was like games and stuff. Some dude had a uh, like baseball gloves, and we were throwing throwing the ball around, and like I haven't played baseball or even had catch in like probably like 15 years is that is that how you say it had catch <laughs> have cat or have a, i don't know what is the saying have a catch have a catch you're talking to the wrong dude man anything to do with baseball is a big blank space in my brain yeah but like i woke up today and i'm like sore all over my body <laughs> like i just work like a normal like whatever i'm i'm sitting the whole time i'm looking at the computer i don't do anything active well listen man <laughs> here's what we're gonna do we're gonna get active now because we're gonna start diving into the magic dance catalog all right so we're going to start at the beginning okay. and uh, we're going to work our way up to uh, to vanishings because like, obviously like your sound has sort of evolved and now you've sort of landed on more like a kind of AOR kind of sound mm-hmm. with the new stuff which is awesome like I mean because I think honestly vanishings was the first thing I heard oh cool I feel bad sometimes though because like I'm so like inundated with all these artists right. and you know like I've got the database on the Beyond Synth website now and there's like over 500 entries in there and mm-hmm. so sometimes there's certain artists that I just find out about late and then I feel bad you shouldn't feel bad I mean the scene I mean even just with the synth wave is so huge I mean it's a good thing but there's just so many artists like how do you keep track yeah no it's it's tough I mean I know it's technically supposed to be my job but I (laughs) (laughs) so I only found it like last year when I first listened to the magic dance stuff and then it was vanishing is what I heard I'm like holy fuck like Mm -hmm. this is awesome and then I, I go back to the back catalog and so you sort of had kind of a different sound yeah like a more sort of synth wavy kind of pop sound at the beginning and then you sort of evolved right. into this where you are now right. and uh, and I'm happy about where you are now it's cool and we're gonna get there but first we're going to another world alright EP from 2013 and we're gonna listen to uh, the title track this is Another World uh, by Magic Dance
And that was Another World by Magic Dance. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now. John. Yes. You know what's funny? is I know you told me how to say it, mm-hmm. but since I'm looking at the screen where it says your name, <laughs> I've forgotten, and now I'm just overwhelmed by the spelling again. <laughs> just think of a salt pepper shaker. Shisha. Shaka. 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 Just put an A at the end, and then you're good. Shake I think uh, if you, you keep that in your head. Oh, it'll go away. <laughs> not only am I not like a very physical dude, but my brain is not getting the exercise it needs either. And stuff just goes in my brain and then just gets deleted immediately. I have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> I have trouble remembering like details of things sometimes. And I just feel like such an idiot. I've always envied those straightforward businessy type people because they have those tricks that they do. <laughs> and I've never felt comfortable using them. But you know where you do like the heavy handshake and you repeat the person's name back to them? <laughs> I can't do that. Like, I'm terrible at that, but I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get why they're doing that, because it's like, they're loading it into their brain three times. Oh, John, nice to meet you, John. Yeah, I'm Jake. John, all right. And then they walk away, and now they know that that guy's name is John. Meanwhile, if I work at an office, I mean, I haven't had a normal job in a long time, but like, when I did... Oh, wait, what do you do now? Do you just do the podcast, or what do you do? I do, like, also some videography work, like corporate-style stuff, but I'm doing Beyond Synth as if it's a job. Awesome. The Patreon is doing okay, but I'm trying to sort of make it go to the point where I can right. refuse to do other work because it really hurts me to do. Like, I, <laughs> It's painful for you to do other people's work? Like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I edit some stuff that's very painful. But but yeah, like when I worked in an office, it was I could go months and months without knowing someone's name and yet mm-hmm. having casual conversation and even like in-depth conversation with people and then it would get to that awkward point where it's like, fuck, man, like I've been talking to this dude <laughs> at lunch for like four months and I don't know his name and then I would start like trying to find sneaky ways to like <laughs> find out what their names are like because I couldn't just go like hey you know how like we've been chatting for all these months and stuff at lunch and shit and, and they would say my name because that's what normal people do like oh hey Andy how's it going man nice to see you Andy like yeah yeah you too guy and like just sort of walk away <laughs> guy <laughs> I was still work in office mm. they're always hiring new people and like in our department they hired like four people and like luckily we have like uh, Microsoft Outlook where you can like look up people okay yeah yeah <laughs> So I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Like, I don't remember their names. I mean, even like in just general, like going out or something, someone tells me their name. I'm like, maybe it has to do with just social anxiety or like everything's moving so fast. Like Mm -hmm. you you can't remember the name. I got to make an effort to remember somebody's name because it just makes you look like a jerk off in the end. Oh yeah, man. Even now, like I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're like me. And so sometimes now when I'm in social situations, I will repeat my name. Like just Andy. on yeah, like Andy. just on purpose, like just to be like just in case you guys forget my name, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there to make it easy for you people. Let's consider it. And I, I don't say it that way, but you know, I'll just be like, Yeah, man, or well, now how do I do it? I just said I just did that. Wear a name tag. Yeah. <laughs> I should, honestly. Like it's a <laughs> hey man, I don't wanna live in that weird future where people are walking around with name tags. You know what though? <laughs> With AR, like, whenever they get the shit working where we just have Google in our eyeballs and it's, like, censoring the world for us, uh, I'm sure there will be that point where uh, people are walking around and they just have name tags shooting out of them like you're playing a fucking Call of Duty or something and it's got, like, the the words. We don't have to remember anything. It'd be easy for us. But, I don't know, maybe all our brains would just go to mush. Oh, yeah, no, it'll be horrible. (laughs) In some ways, it would be horrible, yes. We would just... (laughs) Anyways, look, let's talk about your music for a second. Okay. Um, you like making music? 
No, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at my job. It's just a chore. Mm. I'm trying to remember when I started. It was probably like 2005. Not with Magic Dance, of course. Mm. I was a senior in college, I think. And my friend left his guitar in my room. Because he was always like visiting us. And uh, he just like, here, I'll keep my guitar in my room. Because he was a guitar player. And he's like, if you can play it, if you want to play it, go ahead, play it. So uh, I played it. And... I don't know, like three months into that, I was like, wow, this is really exciting to me. Like, it was like life got more colorful to sound cheesy in a way. It was like, I really want to do this. I want to write music. Before that, I like, I had no idea. Like I was in school band or school chorus or whatever, but like I was in it for two years and I didn't really have like a passion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Even like I was in college, I, d- I was majoring in business just because I didn't know what else to choose. So are you a businessman? I work in an office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sort of a businessman. Do you wear, like, those shirts where, like, it's, like, one color, but the collar is, like, white? <laughs> no, I, it's a casual uh, environment or whatever, dress code. Just kind of wear whatever I want. Cool. Which is cool. Like, the <laughs> job I had before, it was business, quote-unquote, business casual, where you had to wear, like, the dress shirt without the tie. and The costume? The costume, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am a businessman. Also, too, if you're starting to play guitar, uh, uh, ladies, right? Is there, like, ladies flying around going, like... I think that's a total cliche. I think it's if you get, like, popular mm. and famous that the ladies come around. But, like, every musician I've talked to, including me, who's, like, a local whatever, like, there's no ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing this for yourself. You're just, like, spending all this money. I have listened to lots of interviews with, like, famous artists who... That's right. the reason they started, like rock and rock and roll guys and stuff. It's just like ladies. Who was uh, who said that it was the ladies? Oh, you know, like like fame, like fucking like Mick Jagger and shit. You know, it's just like we get into it to you know like for the ladies and stuff. And maybe they got to do it when they're like really funny looking dudes. Because like if Mick Jagger yeah, was just yeah, yeah. a businessman, <laughs> I can't even imagine selling. I don't know bathroom tiles. Yeah, man. Like just picture him with glasses in like a fucking button up shirt and a tie. <laughs> I totally see it. I mean, especially in that that period, like, I guess the 60s, 70s, 80s, like when rock was still like in the top 40 or whatever, there was a chance, there was a motivation there. Like you could become a millionaire if you put your time into it. And I guess you had the songs or whatever and you got signed. Like, there was a chance, like, that would happen. Hey, man, you could make a million selling tile, too. You just gotta... <laughs> I guess you could. Like, if you're, if you're good at your job, look, I want to listen to more music. Okay. We're going to move ahead here to the Mirror of Dreams. All right. And then maybe we can finish the story I interrupted. <laughs> you were talking what was the story? About, you were talking about picking up guitar, and then I interrupted you to make some dumb joke. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> This was uh, this is the next release you did, Mirror Dreams, in 2014, and this is a nice little instrumental which I dug. It's called "Everything's Dancing." That's right, by Magic Dance.
And that was Magic Dance with the track Everything's Dancing. I'm here with Magic Dance right now, Mr. John Shaker, right? Did I do it? Nice! Yes, <laughs> got it. Everything's Dancing is from Labyrinth. Sort of Mirror of Dreams was sort of inspired by all those fantasy movies mm-hmm. of the 80s. Legends, Labyrinth, Time Bandits. Labyrinth is a weird one for me. Like, I like it, but it's got a lot of elements that are really corny. It does. I've always been a Dark Crystal over Labyrinth guy. I feel like Dark Crystal is less corny. Although the Gelflings are kind of annoying, but, like, (laughs) overall, it's okay. And I like the Skeksis, just they're, like, super freaky looking. You don't like Dance Magic Dance? I mean, I love the song Dance Magic Dance, and I like the one where he's got the orb, you know? Yeah, yeah. Within You, I think it's called. I know all of the soundtrack, so. I know that one as the the one where he's got the little crystal orb thing. yeah, I love that part. It's awesome. I think it was a a guy standing behind because I watched the I had the DVD. I don't know the guy's name, but he was a magician who did that weird ball stuff, and he just has his hands in front of David Bowie doing it for him. Right? Yeah, he's doing it for him. Oh, that's right. So would he be standing behind him, or was he? Yeah, I guess he would be behind him playing his arms. I think he was he was behind him. Yeah, like just with his arms. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> The shit they did back then, I mean, CGI wasn't really a thing back then. I'm trying to remember what the first, I mean, I know someone will correct me. It wasn't The Abyss, but The Abyss was like one of the first major ones, like CGI in a movie. Like George Lucas, you know, he started Industrial Light and Magic, and then they started doing CGI stuff. And I think there's like some early CGI I think they used it in TV first. Mm. They were doing that Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or something. They may have used some things, and then it was The Abyss, because there's the weird kind of water-morphing monster thing. Mm -hmm. And then Terminator 2 was obviously the the huge one. Was that 92 or something? That's 91. Terminator 2 is 91, yeah. So, like, all all the stuff in the 80s. Like, I'm not huge into the Back to the Future sequels, although I I do enjoy them, but... You don't like three? (laughs) What's wrong with you? The first one is, is special to me. The other two are are fine. Yeah. I like part two better than three, but part two, man, (laughs) what they had to do, watch the behind the scenes of that. Okay. I loved just the effects of part two. Like it really affected me. Like I loved the split screens, having the same actor playing multiple roles Mm -hmm. and how they did it in back to the future is fucking bonkers compared to like how they would do it now with just green screen. They had a giant camera that was like in the center of the room. Like I'm thinking specifically of the dinner table scene where Michael J. Fox is playing like four different people. Like he's playing old Michael J. Fox, the two kids, mm-hmm. and then Michael J. Fox in the other room, like peeking in the kitchen or whatever. And like yeah. there's this kitchen table scene and, and the camera pans. And so they actually had this camera that's on this special diamond powered fucking motor because the, you would actually film in sections like you would film one third of the screen film the middle film the other side and everything had to be like timed perfectly wow and then you would film again and then have the camera rotate in the exact same motion wow so that you could edit it together like whereas now it would just all be green screen right like right less work yeah (laughs) i don't know what it is man but there's something just more special about when it required that much sort of technique to pull off effects like that like now i just feel like even when i see amazing special effects they don't feel as special to me right you're just like yeah they just did it in a computer it's like less handmade i guess there's less of a maybe a human touch to it i don't know i know what you're saying though 
it's tricky because when I do say that, I feel bad because I know some people come to the defense of the fact that the animators obviously are doing a lot of work and they're they're putting yeah. in tons and tons of hours to do 3D animation and stuff. And I get that, but there's just something different about it. Even if it was like in Jim Henson's studio and they're building puppets or um, who was the other guy? The one who did a lot of practical effects. Fucking, oh God, it, you know, he did the Terminator and and fucking, uh, it's, it's literally like the practical effects like the main one so there's industrial lights and magic who did the special effects and then there's the the one who did all the practical costume and stuff and they were god damn it all right <laughs> tell me about your music <laughs> <laughs> where do we leave off i was playing guitar yes you were playing guitar in college Hi there, this is Andy from the future. Just to let you all know that I am thinking of Stan Winston Studios. So there's no need to make any comments in the comments section, because I know I mean Stan Winston Studios. Stan Winston Studios. You learned to play guitar, and it, it gave you a lust for life. Yes, exactly. Relatively late in life, I guess. I was 21, so I still try to like look back and think, like, why Why didn't I start at the time that most people start, which is, like, 12, 14? I don't have an answer. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, I started at 21. Is there a rule when people are supposed to start? <laughs> no, I guess not. I guess it's relatively late, though. I don't, I'm not sure. I was just a guitar player until like 2011 or so, so six, seven years. And then I got a copy of Ableton. You know, I was in bands that never did anything or projects that didn't go anywhere. And so I just decided to make my own music. I had a project before Magic Dance called The Fight Away, which was chiptune in a way, video game, very video game influenced mm -hmm. and just started from there. And then, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I think I saw Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first person to say that to me. No, one of these days I'm going to put together a collage of every single person who's like, that was their in, you know what I mean? Just like, I saw a drive and then, you know, like, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is so influential for so many people. I guess you can't make the argument that it started the scene because the scene was like, when did it start? Mid 2000s or so? There were a few artists like Miami Nights and Laserhawk and stuff yeah. do actually have some releases that predate Drive right. because Drive was 2011. Yeah. So there's like, there's a few artists who had some stuff around like 2009, 2010. MPM sound soundtracks which is my still my favorite synthwave guy i think i don't know if he started the whole thing but he was there like in the mid like really really early there were a lot of people doing this stuff simultaneously all over the place so like yeah. synthwave as we know it it depends if you want to say did it start if we can trace back the one person who was making like 80s inspired electronic music or does it really start when those people start meeting each other right. and then it becomes a thing, right? Because there was a point where Laserhawk and Miami Nights 1984 meet each other, right? Become friends. Yeah. And then there's these Masters of the Universe comps where like some other artists yeah. were, were sort of connected with each other. And then it's like, is that where it starts? Or do we actually go like, well, technically like one dude made like an 80 sounding track in like 2002. Like, is that the beginning <laughs> of the scene? Like, Where do you draw the line? I don't know. Like, I guess everyone at the beginning was working in their own silo mm -hmm. which is cool because they were kind of like coming from this quote-unquote pure place where like there was no scene there was no audience really yeah there was no one like if they were write this track they didn't know if anyone was gonna really listen to it i think that's why i like npm soundtracks and the other guys it's just like 
It's coming from that quote unquote pure place where they they didn't there was no scene. They didn't know like they were just writing for themselves. Instead of these idiots now coming into the scene just doing it for the fucking ladies, man. <laughs> for the ladies and the dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know the ladies who love Synthwave. <laughs> of course. And on that note, we're gonna listen to another song though. How about that? All right. Here's another one from Mirror of Dreams, which I dug. This is The Unknown Beyond. Yes. By Magic Dance. Searching for a sign A better way If only I could find The past as now he
Magic Dance, and I'm here with Magic Dance right now, Mr. John Shaker. Hello. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. So you started with Ableton. Are you still, do you still use Ableton or? No, since I've gotten into AOR, um, it's more guitar based, but I, I still write the demos in Ableton and I, I record, actually record in Ableton. I don't know. It just, I don't know if it's me, but I just feel comfortable using the same thing I've been using. Like I don't want to stretch out into another program and have, it took me like a, a good couple of years to learn Ableton just to like get used to it. So I don't know if it's just my own laziness. No, dude, people will ask that question, especially when they're newcomers to the scene. And sometimes they'll ask me for some reason. And like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask, you know, like, Oh, what software to use and stuff. And honestly, it's like, once you're comfortable with something, yeah. like I apply that to even the programs I use. Like if you're comfortable using this where I do like video editing or whatever, mm-hmm. You know, switching to another program, sometimes it takes a lot of time to adapt to like some new workspace. And like, especially when you're doing like creative stuff, it's just about getting the idea down, like just putting that idea out there. You know, like I was talking to Sunglasses Kid about this and he's because he Mm -hmm. uses sort of a few different programs. But, you know, when he talks about using Fruity Loops is basically saying like if he has an idea that he just needs to quickly get there, like it's just the idea is in his head and it's got to be put into the computer. He'll use FL Studio just because it's easy to just input something thing very quickly but since sometimes because it's so user-friendly there are certain restrictions whereas like a program like ableton for example it might not be quite as quick to put down that initial thing but then you have more variables you can adjust in like sort of a better way to if you really want to finesse the thing you're doing i mean if you have like inspiration for an idea like you said like you just want to get it down as quickly as possible you don't want to have to be fiddling around like learning uh, a new program or something like you just want to get it down as quickly as possible before it leaves like because i'll forget something mm-hmm. <laughs> if i don't get it down like quickly enough like i have a voice recorder in my that i use all the time obviously on the iphone yeah like if i don't get it down like it's gone it's gone forever like, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's so sad but it's true like you have to be vigilant that's the way i feel whenever i wake up and had a crazy dream yeah <laughs> and i'm like fucking record like but then i always forget to do it and i think the last time i ever recorded one of my dreams was literally like 15 years ago or something i had like some sony like portable recorder thing like the details of your dreams yeah because you have to do it the second you wake up right it just fades away like the the second you open your eyes you got to lean over have a recorder right there and it's hilarious because when (laughs) i first wake up like my voice is just super deep it's nothing like it is during the daytime and so i have like these recordings of me just like you were in a tank and then (laughs) then this leaf came down and Arnold Schwarzenegger was like on top of it, but then it wasn't him. And then you were at school and like, I just have these like recordings where I'm just like, like it's nonsense, but it's hilarious because with dreams, it's like five minutes later, you sit there like, yeah. man, I, I'm never going to forget this fucking wild ass dream. And then you're eating lunch and like, Completely forget it. it's gone. It's all gone. Like the whole thing. Like even the fact that I dreamed, I forgot. I think it was in high school, maybe in college too. I was trying to do that whole lucid dreaming thing. And one mm. of the things they suggest is to keep a dream journal. Right. So I, I would do that. I would wake up in the middle of the night and like 
I have a notepad by me and just write down the dreams. It does work, but like, it's hard to do. Do you do that thing with lucid dreaming where you walk around when you're awake and go, is this a dream? Is this a dream? And you got to keep reminding yourself so that really? when you're in the dream, well, that was one of the tricks of lucid dreaming. Did you get deep into it? Like that you were just like walking around? No, no, no. That I've only had one lucid dream and I woke up immediately because the first thing yeah. I was younger. So like the first instinct was like the second you're in control of the dream, it's like, got to go have sex. And then I would, <laughs> exactly. and, and then I woke up the second I acknowledged it was a dream. What else are you going to do? And so when I remember I was reading about lucid dreaming, they said that was one of the tips was in your regular life, walk around asking, is this a dream so that it becomes oh. a, a regular thing that you do okay. so that when you're, when you're dreaming, that might be something that you, in the dream, you go, is this a dream? And then you go, yes, this is. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it, because it becomes a thing that's part of your regular life. But I think that must be a really weird thing to do to constantly walk around thinking you're living in a dream <laughs> like, is this like, a dream <laughs> not paying attention to anyone else yeah. <laughs> yeah every time i did it like i managed to get like a couple i guess lucid dreams but it would only last i don't know how your perception of time is when you're dreaming but it seemed like it was just like a couple seconds like i do one thing that i'd wanted to do mm -hmm. have sex or whatever <laughs> fuck's sakes man like i'm a guy all right like if i'm in a dream and i have controlled a dream world like that's the first thing that i'm gonna do like it's, it's the first thing that comes to mind i mean and then of course always. but then i would always wake up immediately because the mind is a funny thing and it's like yeah. hey man you're dreaming asshole like no <laughs> but also what you can do is just you know get get a girlfriend that's that's the shorter yeah shorter version. Have, have an actual proper relationship with another human being <laughs> and that's also a way to yeah you know expand your horizons um look we're gonna move forward here to 2015 all right to an ep you put out called kiss scene mm -hmm. and here's a track from that this is uh till you're all mine by magic dance Just another day 
And that was Till You're All Mine by Magic Dance. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now, Mr. John Shaker. Hey now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shaker. <laughs> hey now. Extend <laughs> that. <laughs> Do you have any reverb that you just... I'll add it in post. <laughs> I feel like you get more confident in your vocals as you go. Yeah. Like I said, like I was a guitar player for so long, like I didn't sing really. There wasn't much confidence because I didn't really know what I was doing. I think around the time of Kissing, maybe I like started to take it more seriously in terms of vocals. Just going on YouTube and looking at like voice teacher stuff. Like when there's like a lady with a piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen so many of those too, like because like I'll do joke singing sometimes and there's time where I'm like, maybe I should like take it a little bit more serious. And I just ended up this rabbit hole of watching videos of like just just a lady at a piano going me, 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 me. And now we're going to do the guh sound. And it's like, why am I watching this? It all seems kind of ridiculous, but I got to say, like I was under that same impression. I guess most people are that like you're born with the voice you have and there's there's not really much you can do. I don't know if that's that's what other people think, but that's what I thought. I did start taking voice lessons. I want to say it was after Kissing. It was around that time, and I got to say, like, it really... At the very least, you, you learn how to sing without hurting yourself. Because before that, like, I was... I could sing maybe like three days a week and then like I couldn't sing for what I would just feel tired. I couldn't I didn't know why. Right. It's supposed to be effortless. I felt like if you're going for a high note or like you really want to put aggression into that your voice or whatever, you you have to push. Mm-hmm. Which is actually not the case. You just need to relax more. Which was very like counterintuitive to me. Just let it go and just not push and not strain and be tension free and I think that went a long way for me. Like like in terms of being able to sing like I could sing like every day now and it's just fine what would you say is the if you're taking a voice lesson versus you know like watching YouTube clips of voice teachers and stuff yeah. was there a difference to you like personally for me like I always did better with just like someone in the room with me mm. like if you had questions like I think that's probably the the biggest benefit is like if you just have a question you get that instant feedback where if you're on YouTube or whatever you're looking at a video like I did that before I was checking out this guy singing made simple maybe a couple different YouTube channels mm-hmm. it did have benefit like learning about how to sing with your diaphragm and stuff like breathing from your diaphragm but like there's something to be said with actually working with a teacher and like having that instant feedback it depends on the person really I mean some people are just like great self learners but I'm just not that person I need somebody there to tell me no it makes sense what were some of the like tips and tricks I mean like when you were actually like going to singing lessons breathing from the diaphragm was like the first one so the one that the diaphragm that's when like your belly kind of moves up right yeah your belly yeah the breathing from the belly or breathing from your sides and like singing with no tension just it should feel effortless which was like I said it was like totally foreign to me. I was like, what, really? It should feel effortless? Like, I'm not doing anything. My teacher was big on, like, accessing the quote-unquote mask. It's like a way to project your voice. It, it's, it works through your nasal passages. I don't know. It's kind of boring to everyone else, probably. No, I, I find this interesting, like, because I don't, I don't often talk to singers about the actual technique of singing. It's just a way of, like, projecting your voice without using any effort. I guess it started with like singers back before there were microphones, really. And they had to project their voice in a way that didn't hurt their voice. Ethel Merman? (laughs) (laughs) That's what my voice seemed to talk about. Everything's coming up roses! 
all that old <laughs> that like early I don't know early 20th century mm-hmm. whatever if you want to try to project you could try to u- smile a little bit show your teeth a little bit if you notice some singers today like if you watch like I don't know Bruno Mars or something they like show their really show their teeth when they're singing that's a way to project it's always tricky because when you watch music videos they will move their mouths to look cool as opposed to what they probably look like when they're actually like singing in the studio right like you know like when someone like they're projecting in the song and it's like a pretty lady but like she's just sort of moving her mouth very like sort of minimally and it's just like there's no way that sound is coming out of that mouth it's like I would say the music video is probably not a good I just saw this fucking I like I don't really pay attention to modern music but I was I clicked on the YouTube homepage and they were suggesting all these like new videos of Don Vivo or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, Christine Aguilera looks crazy now like I don't know she she, (laughs) She got those, like, Botox lips? Like, I, I don't want to talk shit about people's physicality, but I don't know why women do those Botox lips, man. I don't get I don't get it. I, don't, I mean, she's on TV right now, right? The Voice, is she on? I, I don't know. I, I literally, I'm so out of touch. Like, I feel like a 60-year-old man. Like, when I, when, I, <laughs> when I scroll through, like, the trending music videos on Vivo, and it's like all these rap ladies who are having feuds with each other and these songs that are just really crude and I'm just like wow am I like a super old man I still don't get Vivo I still don't get it it's just there I don't know I, I like I'm old it's like well I feel old you know like cause I'll watch and like every pop song is always featuring like some rap guy who just ruins the song like yeah. it, it doesn't matter who the singer is like some lady it's, it's like her track and you're like oh this is, a, this is fine or whatever and then some rapper will come and be like where the money at where the money I'm like why are you rapping about money like I don't know what's happening they all, they all come in and rap about money and ruin the song and it's just like why are you here like I don't know <laughs> well rap is definitely the most popular well like it's fine if it's like rap if you're like I'm gonna listen to a rap song now but it feels like pop music has this thing where it's always featuring a rap guy who comes in and raps about money and leaves (laughs) and it like kind of has nothing to do like I used to make fun of like the dance music in the 90s because they would have that rapper you know like the two unlimited style where but it would always have something to do with the song I think it's just because rap is so popular like they just want to throw rappers in everything yeah they just don't add anything to the song it's like just here comes some guy talking now like okay <laughs> thanks do you remember new, new jack swing back in the early 90s bobby brown all those guys mm. they had like the singing but then they they'd go into the like these rap breaks and it was like totally unnecessary pretty much what you're describing like why why put this in like every little step was a, a great Bobby Brown pop song. They throw this like rap break in the middle. It's like, why? I mean, in those circumstances, I can argue, well, if it's actually the artist doing it, yeah, then you can be at least like, well, it, it's them. Like, that was the creative decision they chose. When it's just like some other dude that just shows up <laughs> and just sort of wrecks the song and leaves, it's sort of like, why is he here? Like, you know, you're just like, here's a new Jennifer Lopez song. And then this guy comes in and he's just like, where the money at? Where the money at? And like, I don't know where the money's at. Like, where's the song at? Like, <laughs> Probably got paid a boatload of money. Yeah, to it too, I, so. I just don't, I know, I'm an old man. <laughs> Let's listen to another Magic Dance song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After we shit on rap. <laughs> 
Well, I don't dislike rap. Like that's I'm not. I know like there's this cliche sentence people say when it comes to music, where it's like, you know, I like most things, but I don't like country or rap. You know, like that's like yeah. the thing. I don't mind rap. Like I think it's fine. It has its place. Even country. I don't like new country because there's this weird like it's like just pop music now. It is. It's like pop music and like almost like '90s rock. It's like, it totally changed. It's it's not. Yeah, and it's trash. Like I, I mean, that stuff to me is trash. I prefer if I'm gonna listen to country. Like I like the old stuff where people are like singing about people dying and getting shot and shit. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the country I like. Who's your favorite country artist? That's a good question. There's something more compelling about it too because there's even like some fucking like Dolly Parton tracks I dig. Although Jolene. Yeah, but is Jolene hers? Because that's what I was thinking of just now. But I'm like, is that hers or is that a cover? Or did people cover Jolene? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Jolene. 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 One time I heard a fun video where they just took Jolene and slowed it down, and it was, like, really cool sounding. That actually is, might be kind of sad. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. It's kind of a sad song. <laughs> Songwriter Dolly Parton. Holy shit. Okay, look. We're listening to Magic Dance here. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad segue, because then we started talking about something else. We're going to move up to the Haunting Me EP, because right. this was cool, and although we'll save Still Haunting Me for when we get to Vanishings, but uh, this was... I guess the EP where you started to get into that AOR sound. Yeah. And we're going to listen to an instrumental track, which was cool, but definitely where we start to hear that new direction with the guitars and stuff. And this track is called Last Light by Magic Dance.
And that was Last Light by Magic Dance. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now, Mr. John Shaka. And we're just talking about (laughs) rap. And for some reason, my fault, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how we got on that topic. (laughs) So... Tell me about what was it about the AOR sound? Because you you did you made a shift to give an, a blanket answer to like why I, I slightly change my sound each time. It's not like on purpose or anything. I'm not like oh people are gonna get bored with this and I'm I should do something different. It's just I'm just following my own interests. I'm just like listening to music and for whatever reason I think around that time I wrote "Still Haunting Me" first. That was like my first AOR style track. And I think I was just on YouTube. I didn't even know what AOR was. I mean, I knew obviously all those 80s rock bands like Journey or whatever. But I didn't know there was an actual genre called AOR. I didn't know there was a scene today that was called AOR or Mm. melodic rock. I think as a songwriter, you're just trying to look for something that inspires you. Yeah, your Magic Dance album was probably like one of the last things that like Rick Shithouse... reviewed and recommended before he like retired one of the last times i talked to him because i mean he doesn't do the synthetics anymore yeah he was a big part of the scene early on the last time i talked to him when we were talking about synthwave and he was saying like you know he's he's moved on to the aor stuff now because there's all these new artists doing like aor type music mm-hmm. and I th- i'm probably gonna have more artists like that on too because i do like that sound like that 80s rock kind of sound but it's still got a lot of the synth stuff going on in there mm-hmm. and uh, definitely like from haunting me ep and in your album vanishings i mean like it's it's great stuff. Like when I listen to that music, it's just really energizing. Cool. And uh makes me smile. Nice. Shout out to Rick. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like there's no there was no rhyme or reason why I did it. I think that's the cool thing about like all of us starting all the artists starting at like the synth wave point or the eighties, looking back into the eighties, which like things could branch off into different directions. Obviously there's kind of like a I hate to say it, but like a formula now for synth wave. Mm. Yes. But like there's art, there's artists that that have branched off into different genres and I think that's cool and like you just have to follow your own interests and see what happens really follow your heart follow your heart <laughs> <laughs> follow the magic inside of you one of my favorite things is just to say stuff that no one can respond to <laughs> just make a statement and be yeah. like uh it's why I'm such a good interviewer. <laughs> Being able to say sentences that just make the conversation die like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the long silence. So what do you do? What do you do for fun, man? What goes on in the life of uh, John Shaka? Obviously, I spend a lot of time on the music, but just like gaming and with my friends and I don't know, watching shitty old movies from the 80s really me and uh two friends just started playing i don't are you a gamer now or like you don't really follow uh, no i am it's just i don't have time are you more into like multiplayer stuff uh a couple of my friends and myself are playing uh divinity 2 it's it's sort of like i i spent thousands of hours when i was in high school playing Baldur's gate if you remember that yeah 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 it's like sort of the like top down rpg mm-hmm. like i'm not really paying attention to the story or anything i don't know i find it hard to pay attention to the story when i'm playing multiplayer and like people are talking i can't read the dialogue yeah, but yeah the yeah. combat is really cool i don't know they just designed it really well like in the middle of combat you don't know if you're gonna actually win the battle and stuff and it's just really well designed uh, we have a lot of fun with that we're playing divinity 2 we played divinity the first one i just downloaded doom <laughs> like the new Doom? Yeah, 2016. Like, I just got a PC not too long ago, actually. Because mm. I had a Mac, and, like, I was playing Left 4 Dead for, like, years after it, re- it got released. Just because I had a Mac, and there was, like, not really much 
to do. You know, man, I feel bad because, like, I talk to people, like, I'm, I am just a console gamer. Uh, Pretty much whenever I use my PC to play games, it's just emulators. Like, I do a lot of emulation. Like, uh, the N64 was a big part of my life and, and yeah. certain multiplayer games. I don't talk about some of them on the show anymore because I talked about them too much. GoldenEye? Yeah. <laughs> but we had a show talking about our favorite Star Wars games and then, you know, people mentioned, like, like how come you haven't played Knights of the Old Republic? Because that's, like, the one everybody loves. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so I did download it on Steam and it, you can play it on a Mac. Like, so I, I downloaded it because I have a Mac. And then I was playing it and I just, a few minutes in and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I just, I just don't like gaming on a PC. Like, I just don't like it. It's not comfortable. I like laying down on a couch yeah. with a controller. That's just the way I like to play and maybe if I do end up playing those games maybe i'll have to just like borrow someone's old xbox or something because i i don't know that i'm going to be able to to play it really yeah it's a little more comfortable when you're just you know on the console like you said on the couch like i get it like believe i've had conversations with pc gamers where like they're the exact opposite you know like they just don't like console games i just like the controls better like the mouse and the keyboard i guess it depends what kind of game you like to play i feel like if you're into real-time strategy, you know, there's certain games, like, even, like, first-person shooters, like, there's certain games that I feel, like, work great yeah. on computer. Yeah. I think RTS games and maybe those over-the-top ones, too, it's, like, those are almost, like, designed for computer. Like, you want to be clicking your mouse around, moving yeah, around yeah, the yeah. screen and stuff. Some games, though, I just, like, action games or, like, platformers and stuff. It's just, for me, it's, like, those are console games. Like, it just... Easier. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. For a first-person shooter, like, Left 3rd Dead, like, I remember playing that on console and just having so much... It's probably because I don't really play console that much that I just have trouble with the controller. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was not that good and then, until I got on, on Mac, like, using just the mouse and keyboard. I don't know. Just the yeah. controls. No, I get it. It's a, sort of two different worlds, and I completely understand it. Like, I get it when I talk to people who are just like, how do you play on a console? I'm like, yeah, I get it, dude. Like, I get that <laughs> you have your world, and I have mine, and I'm just the opposite. Yeah. Even though, like, I loved the Mass Effect series, like the, the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, I loved those games. And so everyone's telling me, like, well, then you're going to love Knights of the Old Republic because it's, like, the same company. I'm like, good, I look forward to playing it. God, I was, like, two seconds in, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I want to be sitting down on a couch. When did that come out? I think I played that. Oh, it's old. It's like 2003 it's like or mid-2000s? something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 2000, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely played that. And I know they came out on Xbox, and so I feel like maybe I'll eventually just... Someone's got to have an old Xbox in a cupboard somewhere, and I'll just... yeah pick it up that way although it sucks because i bought it on steam so i guess i just <laughs> wasted eleven dollars i've wasted a little bit of money on steam already <laughs> <laughs> you know Shadowrun? it's sort of like dungeons and dragons but futuristic sort of i think it started at a tabletop sort of like dungeons and dragons okay i don't know i just i didn't i didn't it was a waste of money for me i didn't enjoy it <laughs> return it man can't you return stuff on steam i don't know what the rule is though do they see your play time and if they go like hey man you've played this for like 10 hours that uh, you can't return it now kind of thing i don't know is there a actually a return policy for steam i believe there is yeah i think because all the other companies all the other online platforms like playstation and stuff like you can't return stuff but i feel like steam you can really but there's a rule i think they can see your play time like if you've played less than like an hour then i think you're allowed to return it i did not know that yeah i regret not knowing that anyway let's look <laughs> we gotta listen to some more music i want to move forward to vanishings here because this is the fucking, okay. the star of the show So, we're at Vanishings, this was a good time, and we're going to listen to this track right now, When We Were Young, by Magic Dance.
And that was When We Were Young by Magic Dance. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now, Mr. John Shaka, talking about video games. <laughs> hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. Yeah. Hey, now. My, hey, now. But yeah, dude, so... Was it conscious when you said when you're when you're going into the AOR sound and you're getting guitars? Obviously, you made the Haunting Me EP. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like oh, this is the new direction now? Did you feel like maybe it was just going to be like a one-off song that had that style, or did you really go like no, like this is this is the deal now? I was a guitar player before, so it was cool to like bring back guitars because I was doing like you know obviously in the Mirror of Dreams and stuff like that, just all synths. So it was cool to like just bring back bring that back, just have the guitars back in there. And I think when I wrote Still Haunting Me, I was just like, man, this just really feels good. And I want to write more of it. Like I said, I didn't know what AOR was. So AOR, is, if, if anyone doesn't know who's listening, if you've seen Rocky IV, <laughs> or like listen to the Rocky IV soundtrack minus probably, what's that James Brown, Living in America, James Brown song? <laughs> minus that one, it, it, that's pretty much AOR. It's just like, I want to describe it as like pop music made by rock musicians sure yeah just like very melodic but still keeping the distortion guitars and the guitar solos and the whatever rock singers do which is you know going high up in range and stuff like that and i think i just i don't know i just enjoyed it and i just wanted to continue writing as boring as that answer sounds like i just wanted to continue writing in that style i mean also too like the way you sing is different yeah like i do hear a difference but you're also singing in a slightly different style yeah as well but it does it it sounds nice what you've landed on now yeah i don't know if it was getting into that style that kind of challenged me because obviously the aor singers are on another level than synth pop you know in terms of range and i guess technique really i think that kind of challenged me to like sing a little bit better and i look back at another world and then i listen to vanishings and there's definitely a difference i think i just from singing i want to say four years three or four years just getting more confidence in how to sing and i think i found more of a range like higher than uh what i was doing in the mirror of dreams and stuff like that and that's all coming from the diaphragm yeah i guess i guess it's coming from the (laughs) diaphragm i don't know if it's diaphragm the probably combination of like the technique and like just trying to sing in that style like I didn't know if I could sing in that range, but I think I just made it happen and trying to like <laughs> keep up with it from now on. It's hard. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that that AOR style that sing super high and I'm just trying to like be as good as them. It's hard. <laughs> no, it makes sense, man. You be what you don't want to hurt your voice. That's where the um I think the voice lessons came as a benefit. It was just learning how to do it without, you know, hurting my voice and not having to take like a week off being all croaky or whatever. Did you uh, do you drink any like special tea? No, not really. The, the key is just to be hydrated. I think that's the key to life, man. That's the key to life. You got to drink lots of water. Yeah, drink lots of water and just do a warm up. I think before you sing. I don't know. Sleep at least seven hours a day. Sleep is a big thing, <laughs> and of course, there's some people that like whatever. They have not the natural ability to like sing great, but still live a lifestyle that's. I don't know, shitty or whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's always those people that have like just the natural talent. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They could just sing and just live a shitty lifestyle, whatever, drink and just sing as good as anyone. But that's not me. Like I, I need to sleep. I need to hydrate. I need to do the warm ups. So do you do the warm ups every day, or do you just do it leading up to the when you have to like record something? I, I try to do it just to keep my range because I, I feel like that's like the one thing to go if you don't keep singing. Is the range. I, can, I try to do it like at least like four or five times a week. Just do it like a, a short singing session. So what what is that? 
Like, is that actually doing like the me, 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 me? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, my voice teacher actually has a CD that he came out with. It's like a voice warm up thing. And I just, I go over that and then I just go over some of the songs from Vanishings. Just try to keep what I have, I guess, not injure myself and just keep that range going. Although I do find when I go out, like if I'm at a club, not that I go to clubs really, but when I go out, if I'm socializing, (laughs) when you have to speak really loud, you know, like when you're in a bar or whatever, and I always like the way my voice sounds the next day, but I'm not singing because for talking, it helps because like my voice like isn't super deep, but like after a night of just hanging out with people, like it is because I've destroyed it. It gets deep because you strained it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So then the next day I'm like, man, I sound cool <laughs> Sounds good. My voice teacher said, like, if you belt the night before a show, apparently that works. I don't know. You get like a better vocal tone, like you said. Like, you just sound deeper. There's like that little bit of, uh, I don't know, distortion to your voice or whatever. Maybe those will be, that'll be my vocal warm up. It'll be the exact opposite. Like, you just start screaming. Every day I just scream into a box or something for like 10 minutes. Like, ah! <laughs> <Scream> then- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I want to listen to Still Haunting Me, all right? Because this is, uh, we'll call this the star of the show. All right. Because this is a fucking great song, man. Thank you. This is Still Haunting Me by Magic Dance.
And that was Still Haunting Me by Magic Dance. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now, John Shaka. We're talking about vocal warm-ups and <laughs> Baldur's Gate. I spent probably like 2,000 hours on that game. <laughs> My high school experience was Baldur's Gate. I mean, it was multiplayer if you could connect, but it, it was mainly a single-player game. Do you remember that, the time when just, if you could connect? It was like a question. People have no appreciation for the fact that, like, <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, like, connecting wasn't always a thing you could do. Like, you'd press the dial-up button. And it'd be like, and then just cannot connect. Try again. Okay. Yeah. Try again. And you would just sit there and like 10 minutes of the process of going online was just sitting there clicking connect and waiting. And then it'd be like, (laughs) nope, not right now. Like, okay, I guess the internet is closed. Were you an AOL user? I never had good internet. Like when I was a kid, my dad was a teacher and he had access to this weird, like free internet for teachers, but it was like just text. Damn. Like it was just text based. It took him decades before he actually like got proper and by that time I didn't live at the house because <laughs> I remember text-based internet like I remember why I ended up buying a particular James Bond multiplayer game in the first place was uh, this text review and it was talking about the game uh-huh. and it was talking about it was IGN it was before IGN was even IGN it used to be this site called n64.com really I did not know that yeah and it was started by this dude called Matt Casamassina who made like n64.com which and eventually IGN became this conglomerate of like websites but originally n64.com was just the n64 page talking with reviews and stuff yeah and this was all text based it was, was all not- text based they were just saying like hey man you can get a sniper rifle and you can zoom in and shoot guys out of towers. And I remember just that that sentence was like, this game's going to be amazing. Like, <laughs> it was that simple. Like, now there's all these things you take for granted. But at that point, you know, we're playing games like Doom and stuff where you couldn't even look up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Doom was pretty much just turn side to side and walk forwards and backwards. And so the idea that there was like this game where that actually had like missions. Yeah. Like a first person shooter where you could go into stealth and take people out with sniper rifles and you actually had objectives that weren't just get the key and open the door it was a big deal i think we started with prodigy if anyone remembers that oh yeah i think it was prod which was like graphic i think sort of graphic based but it was all obviously all dial up and then aol and then i was i played dungeons and dragons just fyi with my friends now but uh back then i didn't have anyone to play with and there was those aol chat rooms (laughs) wait so do you do tabletop dungeons and dragons tabletop Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we started like Two years ago or so. I've never played it. There was a point where I was going to do one for the show. Like, I had some pals that we were going to do, like, a Dungeons and Dragons, like, in, within the synth scene. Yeah, yeah. Do a Dungeons and Dragons game, but, like, a science fiction kind of one. Oh, okay. And I wanted to produce it. Like, so we'd play the game, but then I would actually, like, add in, like, sound effects and ambiences and stuff. So it kind of played out like a radio play sort of thing. Nice. We'd still play it, but then, like, if one character was a robot, I would, like, you know, make their voice sound ro- robotic and stuff, like, just for fun. Like You do that in post-production, or you, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it would be all post, yeah. yeah. Like, just to make it interesting to listen to like i thought that would be fun but then we just never got around to it yeah it's super fun i mean i always wanted to play the tabletop game i think Baldur's gate was probably like the supplement now i'm finally playing and it's cool it's i mean it's definitely fun you you pretty much can do whatever you want which is kind of cool are you an elf i am a human paladin actually what do paladins do again do they have hammers (laughs) no that's the cleric Cleric, that's right. Okay, so clerics have big, big mallet things, and paladins are... Paladins are like uh, sort of clerics in that they have some healing 
skills, I guess. But they're sort of more warrior or fighter focused than the cleric. Right, okay. Like, I, I have a two-handed sword. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so fucking dorky. Oh, my God. I regret bringing this up. <laughs> whatever. Well, look, man. We'll listen to another track, and then we can probably, like, wrap this up. All right, cool. Uh, if that's cool. Uh, so we're going to listen to this track now. I need a name. All right. Uh, and this is, like, kind of like an upbeat one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I dig it. This is I Need a Name by Magic Dance.
And that was Magic Dance with the track I Need a Name. And I'm here with Magic Dance right now, John Shaker. And we're just talking about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> two-handed swords, but we can probably wind this down because we've been talking for a while. Yeah. Yeah, man, but, uh, you know, nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> You really know how to end an episode. I don't actually at all. That's like the worst thing. I have a, a similar problem, which is like saying goodbye to people. Oh, dude. No, like seriously, I end conversations like that cliche of like, you know, you're in high school dating a girl and no one hangs up the phone. <laughs> like, that's how I still end conversations now. So you're telling me even with practice, like this does not get better. No, I don't know why. Because I like talking with people. And so somehow, like even when I state very clearly, let's stop talking now, I'll still end up getting sidetracked and then... Right. Go down another like fucking five minute conversation, and I'm just like Jesus. Like I'm just the worst. We could just end it abruptly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Click. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. What's uh, what's on tap? You got some uh, some shit in the works because obviously vanishings was um, yeah it's, a while it's ago. been out it's been out since uh, I think December 2016. Mm. A record label called Frontiers Records, which is an AOR specializing. Uh, record label that's out in Italy contacted me I think it was like in the spring of 2017 and they wanted me to do an album so I wrote the album the album's recorded the album's finished it's just uh, waiting for it to all go through their I don't know label process we have to do a music video and all that cool stuff so hopefully in 2018 sometime the new album will get released called New Eyes cool really excited about it it's a little bit different than Vanishings it's still AOR melodic rock style but it's a little more melody, I guess. There's more of a pop sensibility to some of the songs, but still maintaining a lot of that sound that I had on Vanishings. Cool, man. Well, I look forward to that. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. (laughs) But yeah, man, you have a lovely day. Fucking keep on trucking, like I always say. My catchphrase that I made up. Fucking keep on trucking. Yeah. And, and you uh, as well. Yeah, man. And have fun uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons and Divinity. And I just downloaded Doom. I think it's finished now. So I'm going to play that. Well, it got good reviews. I played like two seconds of it. It seemed fine. <laughs> two seconds. I don't know why. Was there a demo? There must have been a demo. I feel like I played it for a quick moment, but it was cool. What are you playing now? Let's just extend this forever. Right now, I'm, I'm playing that Lord of the Rings game. I'm also playing um, Far. Like I just finished Far Cry 5. Nice. And I uh, got the Platinum Trail. But I don't love the stories in the Far Cry games. I just like that they're first-person shooters and they're open world. Right. And they're not zombie world war games. I would love it if that company came out with a game but just had the theme be espionage. Like, you're just a like an agent uh, doing missions and stuff. You might like, uh, this is old, obviously, but Payday. Yeah, like, wish Payday was more, uh, they don't have a split screen, because I'd like to maybe play that with my son, but like, because I feel like that one you got to play online, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, there's single player, but I don't, whatever. I'm very particular. Like, I'm just a very particular guy, and so I want a very specific game that people aren't making for me, and possibly because it wouldn't be popular if it came out. Because <laughs> I guess people love zombies, and I don't, and but people do. and Fucking zombies. Enough yeah, of that. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, have a lovely day, and I look forward to this new album of yours. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, yeah, have a lovely day yourself. All 
All right, and that was my conversation with Magic Dance. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. I think next week is actually a chiptune episode. So you know I was asking you guys for uh, chiptune submissions, and we're going to do a whole chiptune episode next week and talk to a chiptune artist. And I'm going to be doing a few of those shows in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoy those. If you dig chiptunes, I like chiptunes, so you know. Anyway. Have a lovely weekend. I hope you guys are all good. And uh, I want you to take care of yourselves, but also still have a good time. Just don't have too good of a time so you're not those people who are like, you know what I find really fun is fucking jumping off this cliff. And then you're like an asshole because you fucking, you know, hit the water too hard. I'm assuming you're jumping off a cliff into the water. What am I talking about? Uh, listen, take care, my dears. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.